0: Sometimes I think you should give a fuck. We should give a fuck. Sometimes. But only about things that set your soul on fire. Juice up that lighthouse boner. Make that unicorn ass clap. And save your fucks for magical shit. And everything else, wipe that ass clean. I'm Heath Armstrong, this is Never Stop Peaking.
1: It's depressing like a dimple on your butt! all your schmuck friends piss their pants get up and dance rocket ship that booty take a chance for your freedom miggity milk that booby, because when the fear attacks it tries to crack what you're thinking fuck no you'll never stop peeking yo 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 people up and down and everywhere pants on pants off skirts up skirts down
0: Booty cheese or no booty cheese? Whoever you are, whatever you are doing, if I can smell you or not, you're here, you're now with me for this episode of Never Stop Peeking. And I'm thankful for that. I am grateful for that. And I want to talk to you a little bit of something um, on the subject line of, of doubts. Before we get into this amazing episode with my sister, Nikki Armstrong, who, well, it's an interesting episode. We talk about a lot of random shit, Um, a lot of random shit, the Golden Age, the King Henry, Africa, her experiences with confronting her past lives and how she died, it gets interesting. It gets very interesting. So stick around for that. But first, I want to talk to you about a the secret. Secret of doubt, basically. And It starts with the idea that sometimes we seek answers from others. And maybe those answers aren't there like we want them to be. And it's not that the answers are not available. It's just that those that we're seeking the answers from may not necessarily be in the right place in life to give us those answers the way that we need them. They may be blind with doubt themselves. They might be resistant. They may be uncertain about what will happen if they give you a certain answer. But all that aside, between you and I, I want you to know that you do not need permission from others to pursue or create your dreams which we talk about a little bit in this episode. You do not need permission from others to lend support to others who are also pursuing or creating their dreams. What does it feel like if you release all judgment around you? What are the decisions that you would do with your life in each moment if nobody was watching or judging? There will always be discomfort in walking towards the opposite direction of those that you love, especially in a situation that has been... Really the setting of your entire life. Your family, your friends, society all around you, your community, that small town that you're from. Where Uncle Billy sits around with his hands down his pants, eating that fried chicken, wiping that grease around his ball sack. Mm-mm. Waiting for that honky-tonk tail. Look, things are always uncomfortable before they are comfortable. Everything you have ever dreamed is sleeping on the other side of your comfort zone. The brilliance that sits on the magical shelf of your creativity will become you in your quest to transition into the person that you most desire. So let's talk about they. The they gremlins. Let's talk about they. They will always doubt you. They will always think you're crazy. They will always think that your decision is childish, that it's immature, that it's sporadic, that it's risky, that it's ultimately fucking wrong. Even when they are your closest family members or your best friends, even then the support may sometimes be on the opposite side of the possibility canvas. Sometimes it's because they're scared of the unknown. Sometimes it's because they are jealous of your drive to break tradition and taste a different meaning in life. A different cup of
1: soup.
0: (laughs) And sometimes they resent it simply because they love you. They miss you. They want the very best for you. Whether they know what it is or not. They are scared for that reason... That something might happen to you. Something might hurt you. Maybe you won't be around them as often. But this is all okay. It's all okay. Because when you take that step and break away from the norm, when you defy resistance and fear in the force against your transitions, you are creating motion to heal yourself. You are cutting the chains of restriction in a common life and creating a path that was not available before in any way. You are birthing new ideas, new energies, new creativity. In life that was not in existence until the moment you started taking action. The moment that you started moving those motion hips and swinging that dick around. Or them big old titties swinging them around. The sum of this process creates and shapes new opportunities that supply and plenish your precious mind, that super sexy mind that you got in there, I know it's in there, with a type of happiness that is rarely discovered by anybody else. The majority of people don't discover this type of happiness. This level of happiness sets the stage for significant changes in the world. And all of this is a result of you choosing to follow your heart when they told you not to. I want you to know that you are not alone. I want you to feel the love and the support and the strength of us around you who are also pushing the envelope and watching it bend. You will realize that everyone else, or they, they will start to notice the changes that surround you also. They will start to wonder why you haven't broken yet. They will be intrigued by your magical movement and your ability to create a life carved and protected by this rare form of happiness. They will be jealous of all your new friends and how happy and successful they are and how much they're smiling and how they're doing all the things that they said weren't possible as well. And next, they're going to start to wonder if it's real. They're going to start to wonder if it's possible that this could happen to other people that they know. They will feel your strength and your smiles and your infinite love for life. And they will start to wonder if it's possible in their life. They will ask questions and they will wrestle around with doubt. Fear gremlin will
1: hit them like a brick wall on crack cocaine with its balls hanging out. But they will want it more
0: than ever for themselves. Soon after, they will start to love this idea of this free life. And they will begin to crave it. They will be faced with the decision to either separate From the common shell of tradition and fight for the life that they love too? Or once again, fall to the feet of the resistance gremlins and drown in a life of falsely perceived ease and comfort in what is considered the motherfucking norm? The rat race. It is those of you who make the decision to create the life you love that will carry the torch that ignites the world that is seeking this type of healing. And that is you that I'm talking to. Your decision is the secret to discovering the essence of happiness and the meaning of what life can be like when you embrace the heart and live on your own terms. Your decision is a catalyst for those behind you who will also come and change the world. All of us have been on both sides of the wobble. And there is only one way to shift your position. Believe in your heart. Believe in your gut. Believe in your dreams. Believe in the unison that lights up inside your body. Believe that this is much bigger than yourself. Believe in more. Because when you realize you are more, so does everyone else. And together, we are loved more than ever. And we can love more than ever. And that's the kind of power that shifts everything in the world. From darkness to light.
1: Let's be the rainbow that lights that motherfucking rocket, baby!
0: so I got my sister on. She's pretty dope sauce. Uh, this conversation is all over the place, but it's good. If you want to listen to some weird shit, listen on, share with people. We do get into talking about the sponsored kids in Africa. If anybody's interested in sponsoring a kid, go to help Uganda. Dot com. There's a sponsorship tab. You can see the six or seven kids that are most in need, or email me directly at Heath at and I'll help set that up for you. It's legitimately only 30 bucks a month. It changes everything for these kids. All the show notes for the rest of the episodes, this one will not have one, is HeathArmstrong.com forward slash podcast. If you want to enter the giveaway to win free decks and other gangster saw shit, HeathArmstrong.com forward slash giveaway Leave me a voice message so I can have some interaction with you monkeys on the uh, on the podcast, with you fucking raging creative maniacs. Uh, a lot of you send me emails and messages, but I would love to interact via a uh, vocal, if possible, because I'm an audio dude and you're an audio babe or brew or something in between. I'm not so sure, but I'll take it. Uh, HeathArmstrand.com forward slash voice. And uh, yeah, I mean... We don't have sponsors, so if you want to help me do anything, just leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or Amazon if you have purchased the journal or the deck. I really, 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 really appreciate it. And if I was there, I would massage your breasts for you in the most non-sexual way, just a, just a nice way that makes you feel good for doing such a great deed to this world. All right, let's do this, baby. Come
1: on everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on everybody, let me hear that sticky sticky rickety regga beat. Yeah. <laughs>
2: keeps so there's things in moving into my own house that I have to really tell myself to do because before like the mail they would always get and then just sit it like downstairs for me and so I just forget to check the mailbox and when I checked it today there was so much stuff in there like jam-packed and I'm like oh my gosh my poor like mailman it's like weird how you're just like, wow, I just never did that. That was never a habit before. So I just, it's taken me a minute to think about it. And it's mostly ridiculous paper that I don't need that they're just wasting. And I hate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't use mostly anything that was in it's like, they've targeted me cause I bought a new house and there's all of this paper in my mailbox and I want none of it magazines that I want none of like, well, yeah, it's like how
0: they just send us a bunch of shit nowadays. It's like weeding through your emails, except physically. I mean, it was probably a lot worse 10 years ago when everything was like mail order still.
2: Probably. I, so it's funny because last night at my cocktails and conversations, uh, for, my business, there was a guest that was there, and she's a data analyst. And that's what she does, is she analyzes demographic areas to send uh, marketing material out for all these different companies. And she told us how she did it, and I was sitting there, like, scared. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, so, you know, we can target about how much money you make, um, you know what area you live in. Your we have the information of your job. All of these companies sell them data. They all want money. So your utility company, your gas, like all of these companies that you need to live in a house, they sell marketing companies their data on you, and then these people can target you and just send you stuff over and over and over again to try to get you to buy. So like no company is trustworthy. They're just selling their data to everybody.
0: Well, you know, I have sales and use taxes in like 18 different states because I sell stuff online. And in Texas, if you sign up for sales and use tax, they like legitimately have a law, something like it, where they sell your information to telemarketers immediately. So as soon as you sign up for a tax account there, they pass your information to telemarketers. I was getting like a fucking 20 to 30 phone calls a day from Texas telemarketers for like a year. Oh my God. With no way I'm of glad that to get off the damn list. It's crazy
2: yeah i'm glad i'm glad i hope that does not happen Paces. there's a few like red cross will not leave me alone oh my gosh but i don't have texas telemarketers
0: well i mean some of them it's like it, it you donate blood to red cross or you give something to the make a wish foundation they continuously will send you more address labels or whatever it is and they're they're asking for ten dollars here and there like i sometimes I wonder like how much money they spend sending those out in comparison to what they actually get back from it. Cause like a thing of those stickers probably cost a decent amount of money. I mean, maybe not to them, but.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think I would just rather donate to, you know, the little girl that I have in Africa, than these giant organizations i definitely have a hard time with make a wish not because of the children because it's not just because it's funding western medicine that's pumping
0: chemicals is
2: that... into kids <laughs> yeah i mean i know that it's i know Mercury that it's, exactly. cereal. yeah like i just and i Pink like dinner. what make a make a wish is giving a a kid you know an adventure that they've always wanted and i think that that is amazing but it's like they have to do that because you know they're going they're pumping all of this chemicals into a kid that has absolutely no say on it i don't know i have a hard time with that
0: yeah i mean that's gray area i mean, certainly there's cases where chemotherapy is necessary. And then cases where there's a lot of other options. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but I know me neither. Pretty deep into stuff like that. And especially the, the toxicity levels of things that are in our water, our food, it's a real thing. Speaking of Africa though, your little girl, Linda, is that her name? Christine, a team Christine. Oh, yeah, Christine. We have a I think our we have a Linda and then I got a mail from or I got a, a, a letter just a couple of days ago from one of the kids that we became quite close with when we were out there and it I'm actually could read it right now, it's sitting here. It says, How are you doing? This is this is amazing because they're so smart like in their handwriting is brilliant and I'm like damn they write so much cleaner than me this is this is truly remarkable like some of the education that they that can flow through out there but how are you doing how is your country in uganda we are doing okay some days i can find paul and we can talk and play we're really missing you dearly the school is going okay and we are in second term and this term we had a very many entertainments at school like the house competition playing football volleyball etc i got a new puppy and i was glad last term i made a bad report card because of how playful i am but i promise Mm-mm. you that this term i will do better
2: <laughs> and uh, how how old is, is he's, that is that a boy is that your boy
0: yeah, he he would be in the equivalent of eighth grade now. He's in he just went to secondary school, and I got a challenge of solving an equation in math. I like doing computers the most, and it is my best subject. And many others like C R E English, math, and chemistry, physics, and biology are my favorite too. <laughs> wow! English, math, chemistry, physics, biology. Well, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, like- Thanks and goodbye. 13 years old, I mean, it's pretty Yeah, remarkable.
2: I love, I love getting letters from her. Mom, she's younger. She's in, she's age nine. Mm-hmm. But she'll, she drew. remember you saw the one letter she drew pictures and you were like, oh, she's an artist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but uh, the last letter she wrote me, well, this one says, she always asked me about how I'm doing. She said, Dear Nikki, how is your life going on and your family? I am doing well with my family members. I'm still in primary too, and I love skipping rope and also playing hide and seek. God bless your family, your friends. And then she drew me this picture of a house and a flower, and I think this is me in a dress, <laughs> and it's really cute. But the last one that she sent me, she told me similar. She told me that um, she wasn't doing well on – or she didn't do well on her last test um, and all of that. And I was just like, oh.
0: Well, there's ups and downs. I mean, her being her age and being just in this the P2 class, which is pretty young, they don't actually – you're not in your class based on age group out there. It's based on performance. So you have a lot of, of the really smart kids that skip up, and then some of the other ones that start late. I mean, really, the way that the school accepts them is that you're talking about a refugee village where all of these refugees come in from different tribes in Kenya and Sudan, and they're kind of forced into the slums in the Sese, and then they get brought into the school either through the orphanage or alike. And I remember her. She was she was one that was in most need of sponsorship. Um, I can't Chris, remember. Her. Christine
2: was. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Sorry.
0: Yeah, she was, and I can't remember her her story exactly. But it was rough. I mean, something. I'm not sure if she was missing oh, both parents or one parent or.
2: She um, has a mom and a grandma.
0: Yeah. Possibly HIV um, positive. I, I don't, I'm not sure, but she was on the top 10 list of in need of sponsorship. And it's, it's just amazing. Like the, the way that that school has been growing in itself and in the opportunity that it is giving these kids that necessarily wouldn't be able to get into one of those government schools. Um, yeah. Whether it be the cost of tuition or, or whatever it is. And, so the sponsorships are be- a beautiful thing, but there's still only about 175 out of the 500 kids that are sponsored. I think there's a long way to yeah, go. Yeah,
2: I've been like, I would love to have another one. Um, when I start making, you know, making a little more money, but it's, um, It's really rewarding. Like every time I get a letter from her, I'm just like so excited and I love writing her back. Um, Yeah. And and I didn't even know that about her, what you just said, because I honestly looked through and like she just, I just felt like I was meant to have her. She had this like beautiful smile and I don't know. I was just like, I think her, (laughs) like I just felt like I should sponsor her and um she's so adorable and when she got her bedding and all of that stuff like in the beginning they sent me a picture of it and she had the biggest smile and like I just wanted to cry because it's like you know it's just 30 dollars and to see like everything that she just got for that (laughs) one was
0: like everything like yeah
2: yeah like I was like this isn't really that much for me but this like means the world to her and and yet she was so happy before that you know from the pictures and stuff that I saw and she often tells me that her favorite meal what is it chicken and rice maybe um, pocha, I feel like it's the, beans. okay yeah I feel like she says the same thing well my favorite meal is this and but she's, it's always her favorite meal and
0: they usually all say potion and beans because it's the only meal they get
2: well and that's and that's the thing is like, she doesn't say I'm sick of it. She doesn't say you know, I you know <laughs> wish I could eat something. Yeah. Like it's still her favorite meal and she doesn't wish for something more or better. Like she's just happy and content, you know, with that and very grateful. And I think gratitude is something a lot of people take for granted.
0: Well, I talked about this with Ray in the podcast yesterday. It's the, the idea that, in the Western world, we have so much wrapped around us. So much. That's good everywhere. Excessive abundance of so many different things that we forget about it because it's in excess. And all we do is focus on negative stuff. The majority of people, it's like all these great things are going on, but we only react when there's something negative. It's like it's negative. Let's give it 10 times the emotion of a reaction. than if it were just something good that happened, which is, Good things are always happening. We take the next breath. You know, the sun comes up like there's very small things that happen constantly that are good. There's very big things that are good, but we seriously rarely ever react to them. We react to the negative. Well, out there there's, there's, you know, they're, they're, they've got barely any of them have shoes. There's trash piles that are burning cause they have no trash system. So they have to put it in piles and set it on fire. Constant smoke haze that's everywhere they have these little tiny huts that full families can cram into. The father's usually not in the picture and they're always smiling. They're always so happy. They have a, you know, one little well where they can get clean water every once in a while, maybe an eggplant to share across the family for the night. Um, part of the sponsorship actually gives food for them to take to their family at night as well, a couple of days a week. And they only notice good stuff, right? Because there's so much around them that's harsh, that's, that's tough. Anybody in the Western world would think that it's just non-livable conditions. But they're so used to it that they don't even think about that stuff. They only think about, oh, I'm so happy that I have this one pair of pants or this shirt or these pair of shoes, even though my toes are sticking out four inches on the ground. Like they're very thankful for everything yeah. that they have because they only focus on the good stuff. And it's to be around See, it, it will affect you the rest of your life.
2: See, I haven't been out there like you have, but what it seems, and when I was in Mexico and I went to the Mayan villages with um, the indigenous tribes, so the indigenous people in Mexico are actually, I think the Mexican uh, president or somebody, and I could be wrong, but when I was doing a tour, they were telling us. Um, he was really big on empowering back the indigenous tribes and indigenous people and trying to give and keeping that culture alive. So it doesn't die because when the Spanish came over and conquered everything and basically, you know, took the Mayan, uh, the Mayan belief system, which was beautiful. It's all based off like a tree. Um, you know, they, they, they had all these different gods in a beautiful way that they believed. And then the Spanish came over and of course they were Catholic and they, you know, made everybody believe in Catholicism. And the way that they did that was kind of like, say that the saints, you know, were all the different gods on these trees, but they have this beautiful, and I don't remember completely, but they have this beautiful term for the underworld too. And when you go to the ancient civilizations like Chichen Itza and, Tulum and Coba, and you see it, you see representation of all this stuff everywhere. Well, anyway, this now the government is trying to keep this culture alive and keep these people alive. And yes, most of them are Catholic now, because for, you know, since, the, since Spain came, you know, they've switched that, uh, the religion over. But we did a tour through two different Mayan villages. And I was like, I want to live here. And and to everybody else, it's like, oh, it's sad that they live like this. I'm like, I don't think so. I think it is so beautiful. Like the kids are outside playing with each other. They have like one, this one little girl had a sheep that she was walking around with and she was loving on it and petting on it. There are dogs. None of them are leashed. They're all like well-trained, you know, they, well, they're kind of trained. They're, they're great with all the people They get out of the road when you drive by. And none of them have to be on leashes. They're just wandering around playing with all the different kids. And you don't see anybody on phones. You see people, you know, sitting on front porches and talking to each other. You see people, you know, with a Coca-Cola because they love Coca-Cola, you know, and they're just like simple. And what they do, they might not have a lot of the stuff that we have, but they have human connection and it's strong and they're like a, a family and they cook these they like cooked this family meal from this organic garden and we all got to eat their food and it was absolutely delicious. And I mean, the whole time I was like, I want to move back here and I want to live with these people. I want to learn the Mayan language. I want to play with the Mayan kids. Like I want to sit in a hammock on the front porch. Like they're doing like to me that seems so much better than currently what I have to do. Cause I'm in a full-time job still and go to work from nine to five and, you know, maintain whatever status we're supposed to maintain, which I don't really care about. But, you know, and I I don't know. Like, I was like, please send me here. Like, what are they doing? They work for everything. They work, you know, in the organic garden to create their food. Like, I would love for my work. Yes, I would love for my everyday work to be that. Like, more like survival. More like, you know, I don't know. And I thought it was absolutely beautiful. And like, when you talk about Africa, I feel like that's the same type of thing. They don't have a lot of things. What they do have is human connection with each other. Like the kids play with each other. They, you know, they're not on tablets and iPhones and iPads and disconnected from humans. You know, like that's all they have is the human connection. And they're, and they're happy, like genuinely happy. Like, what does that go to show what makes people happy because it's not material well, things no like time. everybody thinks there's,
0: there's no there's no schedule
2: yeah meaning
0: like every every the west we're so everything is on a schedule here like we plan when we meet we don't meet till this time but everything's planned ahead of time we'll meet you here then and out there it's not like that it's and in most places that you travel and the yucatan's a big the, the mayan areas that's one of the most highly populated indigenous areas left. I mean, I think the Yucatan is still like 65% indigenous.
2: Um, it's beautiful and their language is beautiful and they're so (laughs) friendly. I mean, so friendly. Like I, I stopped and played with this little girl and her dog. She had a puppy and they both came running out of their little, um, house. I forget what they're called. And, um, and she couldn't speak English, and I couldn't speak Mayan, but we were able to communicate, and she told me what the dog's name was, and she was maybe maybe five or six. the cutest thing. I have a picture with her, actually, I put it on my Instagram. Um, and like that moment to me, I was like, we understood each other without fully understanding each other just because we were connecting. You know, we didn't have the same language, but we were both talking about the puppy, and we both liked the puppy and you know, told me her, the dog's name. And it was just like, you know, a body language connection with this little girl who was absolutely fearless and so friendly. And I don't know. I was like, I'm actually so glad that Jeremy got a picture of her and I like, because I was like, oh my gosh, this little girl was so great. And he happened to get a picture of it. But, um, I don't know. It's like moments like that. And I have the same feeling whenever I get to talk with Christine,
0: It only takes one trip. I mean out of into an area that you've never seen before and it's it it quickly will change everything that you remember like every 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 mindset that you've ever had in life it changes one trip. Uh, I'm looking forward to I'll be down there in a month. So I've never actually a lot of the uh, a
2: lot of the tour. Are you going where are you going exactly.
0: We'll be in Mexico City for a while, then we're going down to Tulum, and we'll be flying back out of Cancun. So, I have—we're going to rent Man, a car. Man, I wish I could
2: have seen Mexico City. I would have loved to see Mexico City. I'm going to fly from
0: Mexico City down to down to Cancun, and then drive all over the place down there. I mean,
2: so Tulum is awesome. That was one of the places um, around there that we visited at Mayan City. And I will say, like, if you do the tours, the tours help keep the Mayan culture alive because the money that goes into these tours, um, they give back to these indigenous places. I don't know if it's all of them, but the ones that I did, um, you know, and that's why I think they're also so friendly when they see the buses because they're thankful. Yeah. Um. But okay, so. Have you seen talking about Mexico City? Made me think of this. Have you Googled or seen storage container cities?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, it's
2: so there's so many storage my, containers. Okay, so I. I've obviously seen people do a lot of things with storage containers. There's like mobile bars. People take them to festivals. They have like businesses in them. Like I've seen, you know, tiny homes out of storage. Like I've seen all of that. But I had never Googled storage container cities. And today I went to my hairdresser and he was telling me all about these storage container cities. But he was like, They're so smart. You can build a lot of them. Like my friend wanted He's to build them in Louisiana. Like yes. So he had me Google them and I get like his standpoint, he was like, it's so smart. We were trying to get the homeless into a place. They're very cheap. You can house people, blah, blah, blah. And I get all of that. But when I Googled these photos, all I could think is, no, I do not want a future like this. And that's where that will lead. Like, (laughs) I mean, have you seen these pictures? It looks exactly like the fifth element, you know, like, Bruce yeah. Willis's little, and I'm just like, well, they oh just my
0: keep God, it's coming them, through. Windows in the end of them, yeah. All different colors. And it's a
2: cool, it's totally a cool idea. And people are going to love it. And people are going to want to make money off of it because they can cheaply make all of these living environments for people to rent out. And they're going to make money off of them. And that's what's going to lead it to being like our future. And I just don't want that. It's cheap, but those,
0: like, damn, those storage containers are not as cheap as people think. They're pretty expensive. Are they? Yeah, I mean, it's we used to buy them at my old job, and they're not—they're not even the used ones. They're pretty pretty pricey.
2: I mean, so the answer is still cob houses.
0: I like cob houses. I mean, the fact that you can carve them—it's all natural material that you can dig into the the side of a hill underground hobbit houses. Who doesn't love that shit?
2: I know I was watching a video today and they were seriously had like, they were just, this one guy was on the ground and he was just pounding some, it looked like more of the clay mixture and throwing it up to the people on a ladder and they were putting it on the top of the house because the wall had already gotten that high. And I was like, man, like, that's how this is made. It's completely by hand from nature and it's going to be sturdier and last longer than probably anything that people make today. Yeah. And it's going to be healthier and work for itself and carry the right humidity because the walls know how to filter it through and pretty amazing.
0: It's going to last. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of cool architecture that we do today that'll last, but you get sick of seeing the same things over and over again, especially with being in a place like Portland where it's just constant throw up the next gigantic apartment, condo complex. Yeah. Ripping down all National the Nashville's starting to protection. be like that. Yeah, it's kind of like Na- there's a German village down there that's
1: doing that.
2: It's like, it's everywhere. I've never... I think our state bird is a crane. I mean, they're in the sky everywhere.
1: <laughs>
0: Actually...
2: I don't even know what our state bird is. Is that (laughs) uh, because it's a it's a fucking crane? (laughs) That's all I see. Oh no,
0: it's it's. um,
2: I mean, come uh, on. We went to school here. We should know this. I feel like because the much school does.
0: Isn't it like a fucking. Oh, it's a mockingbird.
2: It is a mockingbird. I was going to say mockingjay, and I was like, no, Nikki, you're thinking of Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, bird. Is it a mockingbird? Yeah, bird. Did you just Google that?
0: I'm Googling it, right. So it's a, it's a northern mockingbird and a northern bobwhite. Huh. The state flower is an iris. And the state tree. Oh, iris. Is a tulip tree.
2: Nice to know. Do you know what Oregon's is? The rose. A rose?
0: I don't know if the state flower is the rose, but Portland is certainly the city of roses. The bird is the meadowlark, which is a pretty, very pretty, like yellow bird.
2: Interesting. The Oregon. Weird. What does it say?
0: The, the Oregon grape. Grape? <laughs> the Oregon grape is the official state flower. Really? It's really pretty. It's like yellow and like also called the holly-leaved barberry,
2: huh oh, shrub native to I've never even heard the of the that.
0: Post and is found sparsely east of the Cascades. Year-round foliage of waxy green leaves resembles holly and resists wilting. Yellow flowers with a dark blueberry.
2: Is it called the Oregon grape?
0: Yeah. The fruit is tart and bitter and is used to make jelly.
2: So it does still have the fruit. Oh, I see it now. Wow! Oh. Who knew? I bet you didn't know that. Nope.
0: Interesting. I did not know that.
2: Did not. Know. I was, um. Not a great
0: trivia person.
2: So, just the other day my
0: booty cheese huh so i could probably be good i could probably be pretty good at trivia if it had to do with like 90s gangster rap and booty cheese
2: (laughs) i think i like the history stuff and um i don't know because there's definitely some random stuff i'm good at and i wouldn't have ever thought it's like but it has to trigger some sort of emotion that triggers my memory. And then I just know what the answer is. And there's never any telling what it's going to be. Yeah. Cause there's some random like pop stuff that I'm good at, or I mean, I'm not, if they asked about the Kardashians or something, I wouldn't know anything, but (laughs) you know, like recent (laughs) stuff, I wouldn't know. I haven't, I don't even have a T like, I don't have a TV or anything. But I like it that way. Um, the
0: Kardashians, you have a TV. You have a giant fucking TV.
2: I mean, I don't have like television.
0: Cable? Like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a TV and it's not even hooked up to my internet or anything. So yeah, when I, mean, I watch it, which is very rare, I'm just watching The Tudors all over again.
0: It's such a good show. I never finished. You no, know, it's so past like season like five, like ten years ago, whenever the hell it was on.
2: I that's when it ends. I'm pretty sure there's only five seasons.
0: I feel like he only gotten then, through, like five wives or something.
2: He only has six wives. Oh, and and then he dies. But it's weird. It's funny because the first time that I watched the show, I was way younger, and I remember thinking like i remember thinking more that these other people were bad and not really the king it's almost like i was like i don't know and watching it again older with the mindset that i have now it's like i really am understanding the games and stuff that were being played and how people turned on each other and honestly because i studied that like i really really am into that time period um I, a lot of it is pretty historically accurate. There's some characters that there was actually two, and they could kind of combine two characters into one. But as far as how it kind of plays out, and the other crazy thing is can, um, Henry VIII was a cancer. Like historically, he was a cancer. And when you watch how Jonathan Reese Myers plays him in the Tudors, you can tell these emotional like ups and downs like if you if you know like astrology with cancers if you don't understand yourself well enough to realize what's happening your loyalty and trust could be played with very easily cuz your emotions would go up and down which would help confuse you and you see it happen to him the whole time and so like because i understand that sort of stuff so much better watching it again now is like way more interesting And I actually feel empathy a lot more towards the people that he's sending to the tower and he's beheading at his like, you know, irrational split second decisions and stuff that he makes that he then later on regrets and then blames somebody else for, you know, and then they get beheaded. I don't know. It's like, um,
0: It's like a maniac,
2: but it's, it's a dark, it's crazy though that he was Elizabeth first, the father because she was so amazing. Like I, have you ever read any of that
0: the defense of the seven sacraments that he authored
2: oh like the his like redo of the ten commandments
0: yeah it's yeah, it was like his support for the like, church in Rome he wrote that i mean it was, it was
2: I haven't read it, I knew that he wrote it, but I haven't actually read like have you read it
0: no, I mean it's hard to find like you can find like. You can find sections and stuff online, but I I didn't know if there was. I'm sure that somebody has written a book like explaining it. Um,
2: well, what it seems like it was is, a response one, to he, Martin
0: Luther's attack on the authority of the Pope.
2: Oh yeah, got it. Okay, so so they the thing with that is um, it's crazy because he was such a devout Catholic when he attacks. Luther with those. And then just to be able to divorce his wife and marry Anne Boleyn so he could have sex with her, even though I think, you know, people say that they did beforehand, whatever, but she had some sort of a toxic hold over him. And he wanted to divorce Catherine of Aragon, who was an amazing queen, like amazing. The people loved her. He had no reason to divorce her as a queen. And the only way he could do it was to, uh, the only way he could do it, was, which I, I bet this is interesting to you because you said you were reading that book that you're reading right now. But Anne Boleyn basically, I mean, there's a bunch of different stories, so who knows what really happened, but withheld you know, her sexual, her sexuality from him to basically make him want it so bad that he would divorce his wife to marry her and make her queen. And then in order to do that, because there were no, he had no grounds to stand on to divorce Catherine of Aragon. So the Vatican and the Pope would not approve it. They've approved other divorces, but they would not approve this one. And the only way he could do it was to basically separate from you know, the the Pope and the Catholic church and create his own church. So he didn't necessarily become Lutheran, he created the Church of England. And so in the Church of England, they made him basically the complete power of the state and the church, which one you should never do, because then you have all the power, there's nobody balancing you out. And, um, and he, and, and he did that. And so then when he did that, he could divorce anybody. He could make any decision that he wanted, hence why he had like six wives completely. He beheaded two of them. And, um, and the one that he truly loved supposedly died in childbirth. And so, I don't know, it's like that whole country, religion and the war, everything was turned around because he wanted to have sex with a woman who was going to make him marry her for him to have her fully. (laughs) Isn't that insane? And the thing is, is the men, the men used Anne Boleyn, her dad, her uncle, they all used her to, to gain riches and properties and titles. And because they couldn't do it on their own, they had to use this woman and her sexuality to help them get everything that they wanted. Cause they couldn't just achieve it and prove themselves worthy of it on their own. Like, isn't it? Yeah. he. But yeah, women were super suppressed at that time, technically, but not really. You know what I mean?
0: Well, the power is still there. It's just, they were suppressed from a point of view and, hierarchy of the society it's pretty sad i mean yeah what's that very there's a very large transition that's happening right now back to the powers of equaling out the 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 genders right to balance them back out again
2: the masculine and the feminine yeah did you watch that pyramid code show that i told you
0: Yeah. I've seen like the first three episodes so far. It's, it's pretty insane. It's incredible.
2: But not the one about the, did they, I don't know when they talk about the um, balance of the masculine and the feminine and that, have you seen that episode yet?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. It could be getting confused. I'm reading that sex at dawn book too. And then I can't ever remember where ideas are coming from. Um, Yeah.
2: I mean, and I've read a bunch of other stuff too. And so when I Speak of these things it's not coming from that I'm an expert at all I've read a lot and I am so I'm a cancer too so I'm like very in tune with emotions and empathy and people and I just watch and observe what's happening around and and it you know and it and then when you study the ancient Egyptians or the ancient cultures you know you listen to Graham Hancock talk about you know the ancient civilizations and how old they actually are. And you like read all the, and then you end up tying it all together. And then you see what's happening right now. It's hard to deny the shift that's happening. And when, when that show, which happened in 2009 before 2012 or anything ever happened, explained that the, you know, the golden age and the circle so you go you know at the very top of the circle is the golden age and then you shift down into the silver bronze dark ages at the very bottom but then you always shift back up and at the height of that golden age which is something we've never seen none of us we've only seen dark the dark ages so who knows what the hell a golden age looks like like i think that is so exciting and hopeful in itself that it's a circle and that it's going back towards that, you know, because the shift happened in 2012 to even think like, what the hell does that look like? Because this feels really good. Like just even the shift that we're going through feels really good. And apparently in this golden age, it's a very benevolent culture. It's more of a barter system. There's not money or ruling anything. And there's, it's a really hard to distinguish the masculine and the feminine energies. And it is often seen that the feminine has their arm around the masculine as if to show a little bit higher of a divinity with them, um, which is also said because of the childbearing and what they're able to do with their bodies, like to be seen as a divine being. Um, the way that that cycle
0: works, though, is... Don't we have to go back through like the – to get back to the golden age, don't we have to go through like the silver age again, the bronze We have to go
2: back through the bronze and then the silver, yeah, and then the gold. So, I mean, I don't even know how long that will actually take. I mean, honestly, we would have to cycle through probably, who knows, what like 10 more lives for our energy to actually get to experience the energy that's in the golden age. But then again – if you're at the golden age and everybody is a more heightened being and everybody goes on a self journey. Cause that's what it's about is finding your highest version of yourself, your whole life purpose in the golden age is to become your most heightened version of yourself. We're supposed to have like an un- outrageous number of senses. And yet we only have five that we know of yet. I think people are starting to unlock more senses, but they don't know how they don't know what, how, what to call them because we don't have names for them because we've been told we only have five senses for so long But like I'm pretty sure it says that we're supposed to have like, I don't know, 300 and something senses. Like what if we can fly in the golden age? You know, like, I don't know. But I'm just saying like, we're going to be like X-Men and Marvel characters for real.
0: (laughs) Certainly possible.
2: And there's so, probably going to be a war. People trying to stop it from happening.
0: Yeah, right now we're in the Kali Yuga, Iron Age, right? The Pisces alignment.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're coming out of it. I don't know when the Bronze Age actually starts. Again, we it probably starts won't ever midway see through it.
0: the Aries, and that goes through Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. And halfway through the cancer, we hit back into the golden age. So, I wonder how, many- how
2: long does that take? Let me see. Let me see what are you can- looking at? Is this in your book?
0: No, I'm on Google.
2: God bless Google. Like... I don't well, know how easy will find that
0: information, but it's an astro. Well, yeah,
2: because it's not. Yeah, it's not a. I mean, it's not like it's accepted by everybody. No.
0: But I mean, it makes perfect scientific sense, and
2: absolutely makes so much sense to me. Like all I'm trying to do is make sense of things all the time. And for me, like this stuff that I keep learning that just keeps tying together and all these different avenues that I'm learning it. I'm like, gosh, this makes so much sense. And then I just feel like everybody has to know that it makes so much sense. And then I'm like, yep, they don't know. (laughs) They just don't know how much sense this makes. Yeah. you start to like, um, transition to the new golden age is 2032. That can't be right. That's way too soon. Yeah, no. There's no way. I mean, it's like thousands and thousands of years away. I mean, because we've been in a dark age our entire life. Yeah.
0: I mean, let's look at the...
2: An astrological age is comprised of 2,152 years. An age is the duration of each zodiac sign and represents a month of the cosmic year. The cosmic year is comprised of the 12 zodiological ages, a total of 25,826 years. I don't know what that means.
0: The Kali Yuga began approximately 5,000 years ago. This is the Iron Age that we're in. The Kali Yuga... Approximately 5,000 years ago and has a duration of 432,000 years. Leaving us with 427,000 years until the end of the present age.
2: So it's ridiculous. So wait, is there a dark age and iron age or the iron age and the dark age are the same thing? They're the same thing, right?
0: According to Surya Siddhanta, that seems like such a, a massive amount of years though, like... Doesn't seem right. I thought, this like, one
2: says six 6,000 years for the next golden age to reappear.
0: So according to Surya Sinhanta, Kali Yuga began at midnight on 18th February, 3,100 B.C.,
2: We're also reading to different things. I mean, who knows? I guess we just have to keep researching until things start to make sense. And the thing is, is like, no one will still probably really know even the last golden age, you know, they can't all agree on, even though they're, you know, some people think it was like 25,000 Graham Hancock thinks it's the 12,000, 15, you know, fifteen. Wait, fifteen thousand BC to twelve thousand BC before the last um, apocalypse basically happened.
0: Eleven
2: thousand six hundred BC. Mhm. Um. But I don't know. It's. I think it is. It's very hopeful and exciting, knowing. But what I also think is, I want to find my most heightened version of myself now. So hopefully my energy can carry on in the next life to where maybe I have some sort of a memory of this life and I can remember some of the things that I've learned. And if I keep doing that in every life leading up towards the golden age, like maybe when you're at that heightened state, you can look back and actually have memories of these other lives and the people that you meet. And I think that there's definitely... So you remember when you looped me into that message with Nikki Kurt and she said to me have you done any past life meditation yeah. and I was like no I actually haven't well so I've only done one um, and there's a since that time because it really really drained my energy and then I was told I need to like you can't just do them like you have to wait <laughs> until you feel like your energies will back up and you can do another one Um, so I did this one And for that reason, like I wanted to be like, you know, can I have a memory of my past life now if I tried? You know, if I put myself into a state and somebody guided me through it, that knew what they were doing. And that was the weirdest experience. One, probably because it was the first one. So I had no idea what to expect. I just completely went oh yeah, I'm just going to do this, I'm going all out, you know, I, and I started this hour-long meditation, and in the beginning of it, it puts you through a breathing exercise that made me so uncomfortable that I was fighting it, because I was so uncomfortable, but I, but like me being like you know, really strong willed and devoted to, to the purpose, I was made myself do it no matter how uncomfortable I was. So I kept doing the breathing exercises and I was like almost in pain. And then because I felt that way, I felt a negative energy going into this meditation, which started to freak me out. And I was like, oh my God, what if I was an evil person? Or I was like, you know, cause then, cause my, then your, your brain is still working like you know like when you meditate and you're listening to what they're saying but then you kind of your brain kind of goes off into tangents a little bit and then you redirect back to the meditation well that still happens a little bit you know and so i was like starting to freak out like i don't know if i want to see what happened and then i felt like as the guide you know i just did a guided meditation from time passages or uh insight timer um and as she was guiding me through I seriously felt like I went through like a worm and the thing is is she is like she was saying all of these amazing things. Like I was supposed to be going through like a pasture with flowers or these nice things, but that is not what was happening. Like I was not comfortable. I felt like I was going through seriously like hell. Like flames and I was like oh my gosh this can't be working I'm totally freaking out like I just kept thinking like my rational mind that was still there was like this can't be working you can't even calm yourself down enough to listen to what she's saying you're just like freaking out and you're fighting it and so this is like all before I even really get into the meditation but yet I know I had to have been in the meditation already because it's just too weird but at the time I (laughs) I didn't get that you know what I mean like it's meditation is so crazy so then I, I get more comfortable, and I calm down, and then I start to see the first thing that I see, and it's, I'm going to explain it in a more linear way because now that's how I remember it, but I remember at the time feeling that the visions I were getting were very chaotic and all over the place, and I wasn't going to remember any of this. And I was like, Nikki, you're not gonna remember any of this. Like, this can't be working. Why can't you just like I was like mad at myself thinking I wasn't doing it right the whole time. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> so but that's <laughs> Everything what happened. In is weird. Yeah, so that's what happened. And then I saw a vision of a little girl with long brown hair, and she was out on like a cobblestone pathway in a garden. Um and she was playing with this little bunny. And then it like, then, it, so again, it didn't happen linear like this. The only reason I remember linear like this is because it tells you at the very end to grab a pencil and a journal and just start writing. So when you start writing, you end up making sense of everything that you experience. So when I wrote, still in a trance-like state very much so a trance-like state because I don't really remember exactly what I wrote but I reread it I wrote it in a linear fashion and so now I remember it that way but I know at the time it wasn't that clear but I made sense of it all when I wrote it down which again is like weird but I don't know how this is supposed to happen but this is what happened for me so then I saw like um it seemed like advertisements from the fifties like housewives and their little their dresses. And so I feel like that gave me like a time span that this was in the fifties, which makes me think it was my very last life before this one. And, um, and so, but it was, it wasn't me that I was seeing, it was just like advertisements on the TV or billboards. And I was like, okay, I'm totally in the fifties. Like that's where I am. So, and when I was the little girl, it seemed definitely like the 40s, 40s or so. Um, And so then that was in the 50s. But then I got all of these glimpses of me as a leader. I was a leader of some sort of, I looked very much like myself now from what I can remember, but that could be me projecting onto it because I know what I, you know what I mean? Um, And I was leading something. Around the time in the 60s and the 70s, um, anti-war. I, I don't know for sure what it was, but it was some sort of group. It was very much so um, against government still at that time. And um, and then I didn't live that long because it actually walked me through how I died. And I died prematurely doing these things by being shot in the stomach. And the crazy thing is, again, this whole time I think it's not working. I'm not going to see how I die. Like the, the girl that's guiding me is doing all of these, like sending you through these layers and layers and layers of this stuff. And I didn't realize how deep I was until she brings you back out. And it took me a long ass time to be brought back out that when I was writing in that journal, I was not, I wasn't okay for like five days. But anyway, so the crazy thing is it talks, she says in the beginning that you're going to find similarities and I'm very scared of guns. Um, I've never learned to shoot one. I keep saying I need to, cause I need to get over that fear. Um, But I'm very scared, like if I see somebody with a gun, it kind of freaks me out. And and then I have these three scars on my stomach now that in this life are from those precancerous skin cell swab swabs that I had um I don't even know how long ago that was, you know, but they're like still on my stomach and they look like bullet wounds. Like people all the time are like, Have you been shot? And so I was like, Oh my god, that is so weird. Like that part of it was weirded me out. And when I reread it, I was like, wow, like this is so crazy. And it seemed like I died. So like I must have been born in a child in the 40s and died in the 70s. And then I was born again in 85. So I don't know. It was, that was my experience. I don't know if that's what's supposed to happen. I have no idea, but it seems like to me, I have a pretty clear view of what happened in the my most recent past life and it definitely makes me interested to do more to see like other ones because they say every time you do that meditation you're going to visit a different life and what that what's helps is, what's the name is of that really, meditation uh, um let me go and see if i can find it oh because now we're friends on there so i can probably share it with you when did you have start you ever done one? meditating I started meditating in May of
0: 2016. Okay. It's just showing progress of like people would listen to that, that have never meditated and think it was the craziest thing that they've ever heard. But if you consistently meditate and you, you advance to different levels of it, it can get pretty wild, pretty, pretty wild. The place yes, you can go in your head, for sure. the breath controlling flow. And no matter how many psychedelics you've done, Breath work can put you in a space that will blow your mind compared to the psychedelics, and it's it's amazing.
2: Um, I mean, when I mean, you
0: do it, it's you just don't know, but it's it's incredible.
2: I did smoke. I smoked a little before to to put me into a deeper state. Well, um, I did. I did do that.
0: But you weren't
2: past life,
0: boofing like you know. No, no, no. So can I share this
2: with you?
0: Yeah, you should be able to send it to me can through I- the app. Just give me the name of it though, because I want whoever's listening to hear it. Get the Insight Timer okay. app. Okay.
2: The Insight Timer app. I
0: think calls- you can get it on Google. It's amazing. It has all these free meditations. It has you can add mm-hmm. people as friends. It tracks your meditation progress. You can follow specific teachers. You can do guided meditations or music meditations or binarial beats. It's it's amazing. There's five hundred thousand people that have meditated on there today. Um, the show's it shows 3,248 are meditating right now.
2: But I will say, I do think there are better apps if you are just getting started and you need someone to guide you from the very beginning for a constant process. Um, I definitely started with breathe and I know a lot of people start with headspace because when you first start meditating, you are going to think you can't do it. Like I can't do this. My brain is all over the place. And it's nice to just learn the basics of meditation and how it works before you get to a point where you can really understand how to do it for self-healing and stuff like this, which I just explained, which probably does sound crazy (laughs) to some people. But the power of meditation is unreal. Like I've woken up sick some mornings and been like, I'm going to meditate myself out of this. And then as soon as the meditation's over, I'm like, all right, and I am fine. Um, But yes, so it's. Um, inside Timer app and it's past life regression meditation. But if you've never meditated before, I, I can't suggest ever doing anything like that yet.
0: Well, they have courses. I don't courses. even know if it would
2: work, to be honest.
0: They've got beginner meditations on inside as well. Five minutes. Like there's, have, there's actually yeah, they're starting to put courses out there where you can do like a ten day series. Um,
2: oh, yeah. Well, that's mine was a ninety day, I think. Which I obviously didn't do. Yeah, they have an entire grade for beginners
0: category.
2: Yeah. I definitely suggest if you've never done it, start with beginners. Um,
0: so what's the name of the one that you were just talking about?
2: It's called past life regression meditation, but it's the one that's an hour long. So there's one that's 31 minutes. The one I did was an hour long.
0: Hmm. I cannot believe this, but I did not hit record on my other. Quit. I'm recording on one side. I just, my main recording thing wasn't recording and it freaked me out for a second.
2: That you didn't have. <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> I was just talking. I mean, we just talk about this stuff. Um, yeah. So, when she mentioned doing the past life meditation, which I had never thought to do, it kind of made sense because, you know, if, when you listen to different things about the genetic imprinting or the DNA or like in your energy, like somewhere in your past, when you start to find your passions today... And you're like, where does that come from? You can normally pinpoint where it is in your line. You know, like you've been meant to do something like this. Like it's part of your energy, your DNA that's like been going on and on and on. And like, so to go back and try and see where this stuff connects is very cool. I mean, that one to me wasn't like super interesting. It wasn't even that shocking. Like I could totally see myself being one of those people at that time, like in the sixties anti-war or, you know, whatever hippie, like leader, like I, does that even, does that surprise you?
0: <laughs> no, not really. Um,
2: But what was crazy was how I died and how that, Relates to some of my fears that I have today. And then the scarring even that I have on my stomach, like I was just like, that is so crazy. And now I'm curious if like in every single one of my lives, something's going to happen to cause scars on my stomach. You know what I mean?
0: I have scars on my stomach. I don't, I never have that interaction though. I've never felt like I've even been close to figuring out what that is, but I get into these zones of just subtle being like the the familiar place that I was before being here and the one that will return after. And so I've experienced that a lot, um, especially in the pursuit of not being afraid of death, but really making it your best friend because it's the only constant reminder that we have of how important each moment is. Um, and contemplating yeah, that, in yeah. a non-morbid way, like you, you know what I mean? Like if, people freak out and they're so scared and it's like but really we should pay attention to that because you should you should be respectful of it and it reminds you it's the only thing in the entire world that will constantly remind you of how important this decision this action and what you're doing with your time right now is um you can't just keep forgetting yeah. it the more you forget it and ignore it the more scared you are of it but i think i've experienced yeah. that place on the other side of it
2: Are you scared of death, you think, or no?
0: I think my, my I wouldn't say scared. I would like enough time to do things that I feel like I'm here to do. But I'm yes. not afraid of where, where you go after because we've been there before we got here. And that's the place that I feel like yes. I, I connect to as a source when I meditate deeply. I feel like that's where I go. And I feel like I'm more familiar with it every single time. And it's not, it's, it's less of a deal every single time. And it's more of an importance every single time to remember, you know, what these moments mean to us. And you can see that progress from spending my time pounding bottles of whiskey and working in the construction industry to what I'm doing now, because I've slowly started paying more and more attention to that. I think the same for you. And most people that we're surrounding ourselves with and the idea that we are going back towards a golden age, um, a lot of people are transitioning into the 5D and that's all part of it. It doesn't all happen at once. It's trickled out over many thousands of years and what are we feeling ourselves and how do you explore it without hesitating and not be afraid to break through that weird place where all of society and in mind control is going to want to make you think you're crazy for it. Um, but we've been there. Like I've been out in space. I've looked down, I've witnessed myself like, and I talked to Jules who was on the show and she actually had a near death experience and her experience is very similar to what I have experienced in this place. And Jared, the same thing. Um, and other people that have had death yeah. experiences or, or go into these trances. I mean, Bree was talking about how she gets into, um, trance and like really when I do my writing it comes into a trance where I don't remember writing a lot of the stuff that I write I'm not like foaming in my mouth with my eyes rolled in the back of the head trance but I'm connected to something that is kind of taking over for a while and then it goes away and I'm back to looking at and witnessing what just happened as opposed to being in it it's interesting
2: Yeah, it is interesting it kind of reminds me of this Urantia book that I have your for sure like that kind of stuff well yeah like the, the whole book was supposedly written from a guy in a trance-like state who was being used as a vessel from um higher be- beings ancient beings oh, yeah, yeah. you know whatever people want to call them this book that i have um Honestly, with how crazy my life has been, I haven't really been able to dig into it. But I just read the history behind it, which was super interesting.
0: I read the Prism of Lyra. That was that was interesting. (laughs) It's about like descending the humans. It is very interesting in the fact that it goes through like the Pleiadian, Arturian, like this whole idea, and I can buy into. uh, I can understand a lot of it, but then it gets a little bit weird with they try to explain like Adam and Eve and some other things in the, in a very weird way that doesn't seem logical at all. And then I get lost a little bit. It's like, they have a lot of really good information in that book. That's believable. And then there's stuff that's just like, okay, that was kind of forced in there. And that's, that's kind of crazy. That's a little bit culty. That's a little bit crazy, but it's a oh, good, yeah. good thing to open up your perspective on, on how humanity got to a planet and, the idea of what we're doing and these other, you know, these other existences that can be out there that, that want us to evolve into this next dimension with them and things like that. It's, it's interesting stuff.
2: Yeah. See, I think the coolest thing is you can take the bits and pieces of everything that you read that fits with the other bits and pieces from all the other things you've experienced and read and watched and talked with people about and you can come to your own truth. You know, like there is not one book that has to be all encompassing your truth or one religion or one, um, whatever science, like you don't have to label yourself and keep yourself contained and follow one way when, you have your own truth that makes sense to you to, to believe and become the best person that you can be. And reading as much as you can from everything and pulling the information all together history, other religions, you know, the Syrantia book, meditations, you know, conversations with people, astrology, cosmos, scientists, whatever, everything that you have, all the experiences that you have with people. You retain that information and then you pull it together of what makes sense to you. And it doesn't even have to make sense to anybody else. And that's the most beautiful thing, like about what you just said, too, is like you got a lot from what you read. But then on the other side of it, there's things in there that you understood were just not for you, didn't make sense to you, and a little cult like to you, you know? And that is totally your right to feel that way. And I wish, I wish more than anything, that more people realize that they had that power to just believe their own truth. You know?
0: That's the secret of happiness, really.
2: It's totally the secret. Quit doubting yourself, quit judging so
0: quit judging, yourself, judging yourself. Based yourself based on other exactly. people. Yeah. I mean it's what do you feel? Like See? what do you want to explore? Be curious and go down whatever path that you want to find what makes you happy and what truly makes you feel at home. Like it's going to be different for everybody and being able to unleash
2: and, yeah, that. It's just, I don't
0: know. There's a lot of issues with, we could go on that subject all day long, but
2: I know we might, we'll just have to have another conversation. There's so much more. Well, one of my
0: favorite Joseph Campbell quotes is we must be willing to let go of the life we plan so as to have the life that is waiting for us. And that's kind of like the idea of shedding everything that you know to explore everything that you don't. And that's what's waiting for you. You know, as soon as you step through those doorways that are locked and feel like, you know, they're bolted down and because everybody else has these judgments on, you can't open that door. Like as soon as you get through that and you realize that you can go through it, everything changes, everything changes. The paths change.
2: I just, I just wish people knew how awesome the journey was. Like, I guess at first it can seem scary, but then, I don't know, for me, nothing seems scary. I'm just so interested in learning more. And, like, I will dive into stuff that would probably be, like, that past life meditation would probably freak a lot of people out to do, and I was like, I'm going at this full force, (laughs) you know? Like, I don't know if I was ready. I just did it, and that was my experience that I had because I'm just, again, like you, I want to I feel like in my twenties for sure, like I missed out (laughs) stuff. You know, and I time lost for sure. And I want to just learn it and experience it and do it and um find my truth. And I totally stand by them. Like when people question me, I never question myself and I never question somebody else. Like if that's what they believe. Like I have a friend who's a flat earther and him and I had a whole discussion about our different beliefs and we sat there and had the best time with each other. And we're like so happy that we could talk about our, our own beliefs and how we are and just accept the other person for believing what they do and having this awesome conversation. (laughs) Like, I don't care that he believes that, you know what I mean? Like, and to be honest, I actually researched into it to understand why he believes it because I completely couldn't wrap my head around it. And I do kind of have a, I mean, there's definitely things that I cannot, I'm like, well, one, Elon Musk doesn't believe this, and if he doesn't believe it, then it can't be right. You know, that was funny when they
0: were talking I mean, on he, road. He he's just like even Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's like it, it, there's always always that subject. They're always just like, are you fucking kidding me? We're not talking about this. Like
2: story. they don't even go into it. But I will say. I didn't just pass judgment. I researched into it. I looked into it. I wanted to understand yeah, what the it, theories were.
0: You out to me with those questions. I was like, I am not wasting my energy on this. And you were like, I want to know. Listen,
2: I was twisted for a minute. <laughs> that stuff had me twisted for a minute. I was like, holy How shit. How could
0: somebody Every- possibly think that this is real? It's so funny if you well, guys, have you watch J.P. Sears' Flat Earther video, <laughs> did I send that to you?
2: no i didn't know he did
0: one. Oh, it's so fucking funny he's teaching why the earth is flat and it's
2: <laughs> so does he believe that too
0: no he's a satire comedian
2: oh i didn't know that
0: you don't know jp sears is that.
2: i do know who he is because he's done some stuff for you but i didn't realize that's what he did otherwise
0: now you're thinking of jc spears
2: oh wait, who did you say
0: jp sears <laughs> they're very similar
2: do those, do those sound exactly the
0: same <laughs> there's jp there's jp sears <laughs> and there's jc spears
2: <laughs> okay so maybe i don't know who you're talking about i was thinking of jc no, he's like
0: he's like the most he's like the most famous youtuber right now an internet marketer because he's he's hilarious he takes all these world issues and makes them funny like but he's he's brilliant he teaches enlightenment and he does like ayahuasca retreats and stuff you got to watch me he's like this redheaded dude he just kills it
2: yeah i probably i would i would like that i just i never watch youtube i think that's my thing everybody asks me if i watch youtube channels and i'm like what no well i mean unless unless you send it to me you know i know you know like when you send me links and stuff then i watch
0: them freak out when you see this guy's videos (laughs) you're gonna be i I, I believe
2: you Okay, I'll watch
0: you it. right now. I mean, it, it's he's he's a he's in a league of his own right now, and he, like he he did one on like how to get famous on Instagram, and it was just him, this giant thong rammed up his ass, and he was just.
2: <laughs> oh, you just sent me one.
0: I sent you his page with all the videos.
2: All right. Cool. All right. <laughs> We need we should do another conversation sometime, I feel like I have so much more. Who knows? Who knows what I'll experience between now and then.
0: Oh he's got a using ayahuasca one out now. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a flat earther one. Look for it. It's it's pretty funny. He like does all the math on a board. About how he did an experiment to see if the earth was flat or not. <laughs> anyway.
2: Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'll look at this. Um, Actually, I'm going to cook um, a HelloFresh meal, which I am so glad I outsourced that part of my life to HelloFresh. To be honest, it saves me a lot of money and gives me good food. But when I cook, I do put on stuff like that. So I'll put that on.
0: Yeah, you'll love it. I've got these CBD pens and I can't stop hitting them. You're only supposed to do it like once or twice a day, but it's like, how can you stop? Let's do it
2: constantly. Can you send me one? You
0: can Buy one. They're amazing. I send you a link and you can use a promo code and get 35% off and it's totally worth it. All
2: right, cool. Right now, Tennessee, Tennessee has made CBD legal, but federally it is not legal so all of the distributors who would be also selling cbd products can't legally sell them still because of their federal licensing that they also have so we just took we just brought in some cbd soda isn't that like how is it even illegal
0: fucking turds
2: it blows my my mind it's so good for you what a bunch there's
0: of, there's a hemp here. expo here. Yeah. Well, select anyway, yeah. is the brand and they're amazing. And the, the code to use it is relax 35. I don't know if it's still working or not, but if you do want to use it, let me know and I'll send you, Jared has an affiliate link. So ask him in the WhatsApp chat and he'll get credited if you buy something through him. Oh, Okay, cool. Great company though. Like it's the that. same stuff I give Saatchi for her anxiety and it works.
2: So what's the company called again,
0: SelectCBD.com. Okay. All right, All right. I have got to skedaddle. Me um, too. I don't know how long this has been cause my other recorder wasn't running. Like
2: but... an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, I'll put it up when I get around to being able to edit it together. Aight?
2: Cool. You didn't need me to plug anything
0: <laughs> plug whatever you want right now <laughs> plug a lug of ding dong anything that you want now's the time before i stop hitting record
2: i mean if if all these people really want to contact me and get in touch with me and have some interesting conversations um i'm on instagram
0: <laughs> this is my sister by the way i don't even think we said that
2: <laughs> oh yeah i'm Heath's sister this is just a normal sibling conversation <laughs> which I'm so thankful for, to be honest. I got emotional, what, today or yesterday, saying, you know, I'm really glad, like, where some of life's hardships have sent us because we've become really close and, you know. I really am thankful for that. I actually got emotional when I typed that and then you responded with, (laughs) touche. I was like, okay.
0: Well, I was at the climbing gym.
2: Oh, I mean, at least you responded. But yes, I'm Hugh's sister. I'm on Instagram as Nikki R. Armstrong. Um, you can follow me there, Nikki Armstrong on Facebook. And that's really it. I don't really have a website. <laughs> but Actually, i love to hear from anybody. Message me. I love messaging people back. I'm really good at communication and keeping up with people and connecting everybody to others. So.
0: You do, I I didn't send just touche, I sent you Memento Mori as well.
2: Oh yeah, you did send me that. Did you just look it up? What does that mean?
0: Memento Mori? It's a Latin phrase. It means, remember, you must die. (laughs) (laughs) It's a reminder of your mortality, like we were talking about earlier. It's to reflect on your mortality so that... You remember how important life and transient nature and all the earthly goods and pursuits that we spend our time with are. Got it?
2: Yeah, I have one more thing to say. If anybody listening is in Nashville, Tennessee, Knoxville, Chattanooga, anywhere in Tennessee, I run a relief outings group to go out in nature and recharge and meet like minded people. And I have hikes, and our next hike is October 27th. So if you find me on Instagram or you search Relief Outings on Facebook, R-E-L-E-A-F, the so leaf on a tree, you can join the group and keep up and come on the outings and hang out with me and have cool conversations and meet a bunch of other cool people. Um, I would love to have you, and I love meeting new people.
0: going to have to time one of Think those that. at some point.
2: Huh?
0: said, so I'm going to have to time one of those at some point.
2: One of the outing.
0: Yeah. Like coming in town when you're doing one.
2: Yeah. I would love you. The next one, the next one's going to be at Lula Lake, which is like this. It's only open on the first weekend of every month and the last weekend of every month, because I think it's technically private property and it looks beautiful. And so the hike we're gonna do that. It's like a four mile loop and it looks like there's a bunch of different scenes, like there's a lake area, there's a this beautiful waterfall. There might be a few different waterfalls. And then um and then after that we're going to Cloudland Canyon for camping. And I reserved campsite a campsite there. But if people want, they also have yurts and R V campsites and cabins. So if you don't want to tent camp, um there's other places if you still want to be involved. And um so I'm trying to get people. And last time we camped, we had a blast. So it's been really awesome. Like I've met some awesome people doing this and I've seen other people become friends through doing it. And I'm just like, this is everything that I wanted it to be. You know, it's helped people through like hard times. And, um, I don't know. I'm just so happy with it. So come anybody, you need to come in town for sure. I'm going to do them all through the winter and in the neck. I mean, I'm doing them every month. They're not stopping just because it gets cold outside. Well, oh. there's a lot of places to see Tennessee has some beautiful nature.
0: Yeah. There is Believe some good it or stuff not. around there, especially Eastern Tennessee.
2: It's like Eastern Indian jungle. Look, it's kind of crazy.
0: It doesn't look that different from the jungles of Thailand, to be honest.
2: Yeah. I remember you saying that. Isn't that so crazy?
0: There's some definitely different types of bushes and leaves and things, but like the size of the forest is about the same, like the trees and, and the waterfalls. It just kind of feels very similar. When I was out there, I was like, man, this really just reminds me of Tennessee was, which is not what I was expecting at all.
2: Yeah. Except the animals are different. Right.
0: But then you think about like when they filmed the jungle book in Tennessee and like, you know,
2: (laughs) yeah, exactly.
0: Animals are different. They have monkeys and cobras and stuff, but you know, there's really not any tigers and things like that left.
2: Yeah, that's sad.
0: Yeah. Aight. Word to your mother. All right. Which I guess would be my mother.
2: Our to the homie mother. That's Christmas mother. Day. Maj. There's a place
1: called space and it's got the magic There's a place called space and it's got the balls There's a place called space and it's got the passion There's a place called space where we can smash the walls There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity And the chatter of inconfidence and slaughtered at birth In this place called space we'll build a factory of smas That will assemble with our minds and sell to Earth
0: Hello there again. This is Todd. Um, if you made it this far, you are probably a pretty deranged, fucked up individual with a lunatic mind, and maybe you should get it checked out. If you listen to that entire episode, uh, it's possible that the fluoride in your water has calcified your perineal gland, and, well, you are under complete mind control. But you've made it to the right place to figure out what life is truly about, and Heath and I enjoy having you here. If you're considering looking for a hot young male stud on the loose, I'm not talking about Heath, I'm talking about me, Todd. Give me a ringling a ding dong. You can leave me a message at heatharmstrong.com forward slash voice, and I may just get back to you. Goodbye. <laughs>